I want to I want to start off with uh, with this right here. We're gonna start off with some old crow. Now, so, when you say old crow, I mean you mean that's old old crow. So old crow is actually a brand still available to this day. Not this one, but it's still available. Old crow of this bottle right here is actually very old crow. So this is from 1959, and this is the original Traveler's Fifth. This is what you called old dusty, and it's amazing. You're gonna taste history, old vintage. Look at that, dude. This thing is it comes snap with it a, off. Like feel how it comes with a belt. durable that is. Yeah, like a like a traveling strap. Oh. I mean, you would think that would have probably broken into pieces, but over this long period of time, it's held up, man. They how make old is this? Stuff. So it's 59, we're looking at blue. This 50. bottle, this thing, this is yeah. actually. This was sitting on the shelves, released, bottled in 1959, put on the shelf. Somebody bought it and had it in their house since then. So what is that, 62 years? Yes. Holy. Wow. It's an old, old crow. I don't have relatives this old. Never mind, you gotta catch it. <laughs> so take that off and smell it. You gotta get the, the aroma from. This is what it feels like when people come to my house and they go, don't waste your good cigars on me. I don't know what I'm doing. This is, I know what they feel like because I you're will, wasting your good stuff on I'll me. I'll never say that. He bring out the good shit. I'm going to be like, okay. But I know you can smell that candy, candy corn, or, you know, the, the aroma, the, the vanilla that you're getting from that. It smells like vanilla extract. It, 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 it reminds me of um, those uh, candy corns that my grandmother and grandfather used to have. In Having the her purse at the bottom yeah. of the purse next to yeah. the butterscotch. Yeah. yeah, buddy. I know about that. Well, yeah. Were there's originals? Yeah. No, nah, bro, we go Brock's, Brock's <laughs> candies, and they be like 200 years old. And my grandma had dentures, so she also had a pack of Freedance in her purse, too. So, yeah, we, we go back. You have to be careful. So this is not my first time being at Rodney's. Um, <laughs> I should have eaten lunch is what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I, I just drove three and a half hours from Austin. I haven't eaten yet, I'll, and I'll I got to go to the gym when I leave here. I'll take it easy on you. We'll do, we'll do these two. We'll slip, we'll slip okay. slow. Okay, because the last time I left here, I had to call an Uber, and I just came by to drop off a box. <laughs> Liquor <laughs> is meant to be shared with the ones that oh you love, my. friends and family. So let's get this thing started right. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's kind of like... That, that thing you do with cigars, you know, you smell the foot of it, enjoy the nose, figure out what you're getting there. I mean, this is, this smells like vintage. It it's, smells like history. You, you talk like you know what you're doing over here. You've done this before or something. Like, Maybe all, all these bottles in the back are not a poster. These are real actual objects. Yeah, we are not on a set. This is not a green screen. Yeah, this is real it's life. real. No burn. None. It's extremely I mean, smooth. That's an easy drinker. That's a problem. How it long is. have you had this bottle? Because it's I'm shocked that it's still where it's at. It's just it's like a super mega special occasion. Don't even show nobody you got it bottle. No, I, I keep it up there so everybody sees it. So I've had this bottle maybe six months. Um, I, I, I try to go through those anytime I finish one because that's probably one of my favorite older Dusties. So whenever I run out, I'll search the secondary sites, try to find another one. Pray to God I can find another one. Shouts out to Melissa Starr, who got me hooked up with this old crawl. And Melissa Starr, let's back this up here. Melissa Starr is one of the admins with you as a part of Someone Say Whiskey. That is correct. Matter and of fact, what is it that you do and who are you? Yeah, let's... 
Man, just saying. I feel like I'm sitting with you at 106.9. Oh, Lord. we're going. Yeah, it's going to be fun today. <clears throat> so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to what is the name of our show? Unfiltered. And who are we? We're a good local group. There it is. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, and the keeper of things that I will never get to drink unless I'm at his house, Mr. Rodney Smith, from some ways say a whiskey. SSW is what we call it. How do you do? There it is. This man has a podcast go live-ish weekly what, what would you consider your show that you do it's on all the time as far i don't know if you have a scheduled time because every time i pick up my phone you're on there talking about something so does it have a scheduled time or is it just when you feel like going live you go live just when i feel like going live there it is y'all we'll, we'll put the uh link in the description so that way you can just get lucky and catch him when he goes on because it'd be some knowledge he does be sharing and we give away stuff too yes they do ton of stuff a ton of real world stuff and that feels like the way that you run someone say whiskey is if it feels right i'm just gonna do it right how did you start it so this just it, I'll, I'll wrap it up quick but it ha it's a it's a little story behind it so that's what we um i went out had some drinks uh with some with some cl some clients in atlanta and we went to a bar and they were drinking bourbon i didn't know anything about bourbon and they were going on about bourbon all night. And I was like, never again will I get caught in this situation. Because I'm the type, you know, if I'm engaging in conversation, I want to be able to have an intellectual conversation and be able to engage in that. So um, uh, my wife knew that I was looking to get into bourbon. And she tagged me on this Facebook uh, post from my neighborhood, which is it came from another guy who's now an admin of someone say whiskey. He was uh, talking about, you know, people coming to drink at his house here's a collection picture that i have and come drink i'm a realtor i love to share my stuff and nobody was you know they're all tell, oh my god this is cool so i was like okay i'll come drink your stuff went over there um shouts out to randy sullivan um went over there and this guy was extremely knowledgeable about bourbon taught me a lot about bourbon from you know uh, uh entry level and then got me hooked up into the whiskey community here in dfw which uh it was the dfw whiskey club uh, I was in that group for a while, and I noticed that there were a lot of people in there that were, you know, just kind of showing off bottles. And it's nothing against people showing off bottles. I mean, you work hard, you, you, you pay for it, do what you want to do with it. But with my type of personality, I'm one that I want everybody to win, you know. So I start saying, okay, well, I make really good money. Um, I'll go out and buy those bottles if I can. And the ones that I find, I'll start giving out samples to those who can't afford it or who never had the opportunity to get it. So what I would do was is start giving out two ounce samples. I would go live in the group and I'd give people an opportunity to win a sample or two uh, from these exclusive allocated bottles. And then I knew, you know, I'm, I'm in sales, so I like to network with people. So it was my way of getting people to come to my house, mm -hmm. talk, network, meet new people. And uh, I started to get, you know, a following of people that, you, you know, really love what I was doing. I start doing what's called sick invites, having people come over to the house, exclusive crazy bottles. And then, you know, I was like, you know what? I want to run a community on my own. You know, I think that I can do something real cool. Uh, I started this as a neighborhood group. It was maybe 30 to 40 some odd people in it in 2018, September 2018. February 2019, we decided to make it, you know, a Dallas group. And then we're here. And February 2021, two years later, how many members were you sitting with? Uh, we're almost at 10,000. You were almost at 6,000 about two months ago. I know, it's crazy. We're, we have about an 11% growth rate month to month. So we're adding anywhere from 800 to almost 1,000 people on a month to month basis. <clears throat> it's a community. It's and a you community. said that. You said it's, 
you wanted to create a community. What what does that mean to you? Why you've obviously installed that and created that, and it's a culture that you've set. But what what is a community to you? What does that even mean? Family. Um, I am a family oriented person, so when I think about something that I'm going to put my time into, I want to put it into into something that you know people can actually enjoy, and then also spread the love. You know, like you 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 got to be able to address and, and and fulfill love to every single person and if you and if you you know you do that with everybody at some point everybody's going to do the same thing you know if you're the leader you, the people are looking to follow in in a, in a direction either they can follow in a positive way or they can follow in a negative way and i feel like if i treat every single person like they're emmett smith or tom brady you know they'll they'll see the genuineness from me and they would want to treat the next person the same way and so on and so on and now you say that we have a community of giving. Everybody's so willing to give, donate, do whatever they can, and they just keep bringing people into the community. They love it. Mm-hmm. It's something that I saw from the outside, and you can say just because we're friends, oh, yeah, you've got a good community, you've got something good going, but when you see it happen in real life, like yeah. what I saw this just from a small, uh, small um, story from behind it, obviously la- last, Octo- last August my older brother passed away, he left behind a nine-year-old daughter and you because all right i'm going to try to do this so i get into emotional here but <laughs> you took it upon yourself to say let's let's do something right let's find a way to do it right. and he, he left nothing he left nothing for his daughter and a week later we had fifteen thousand dollars for her education fund that she can use that's now sitting in a 529 that she can use for educational fund. You, you did that by giving and you were proactive. And if you yep. want to talk about a community, it's a group of people that, oh, yeah. that care about each other. Oh, yeah. Very happy. I made it through that nice and clean <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. clear eye. But yeah, what, the, what, the, the goal was not to look in the eyes because I, that's when you can kind of get, you know, that emotional. Yeah. No, like, but it was unbelievable. I am eternally grateful for your group and what you've done for our family. And, I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. And I saw you guys were doing something similar to it. So boom, absolutely. I'm into to donate and, and whatever I can give to it. That's a community, right? That is. That's a strong community. That's a community filled with love. I mean, it's not just about our members. It's about, you know, the partners that we have. And it's really just about helping the local community as well, too. I mean, you guys do exactly what we do, but you've been doing it longer. You know, when I walk into industrial, I ought to, not even when I walk into, like the first time that I walked into industrial, you guys treated me like family. So when I think about, you know, the atmosphere I've been to in Fuego, I've been to um, uh, uh, Blue Smoke in Highland Park, I've been to uh, uh, Cigar International. And I mean, it's just come by, come by, you know, uh, do whatever you, you can stay if you want. But it was more about service while you're there. You know, you have a private lounge that you give access to, you know, everybody in the, in, in the, in the uh, private, private lounge, you know, free, free bourbon, whatever, bottled water, snacks, but you will go out your way. Even though you have a vending machine sitting right there, you will still go back to every single person and say, would you guys like a bottle? Hey, let me clean up after you. You know, hey, how's it going? This is such and such. And you introduce and you treat everybody like family. And I automatically felt that energy. And I was like, damn, this is a place that, that I think I want to be. Like, no more anywhere. Like, this is it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. I think it's a physical representation of what you do. Yeah, I think it's a great extension. It's just we have cigars and you have bourbon. Now, one thing that I'm curious of is because you have a day job. I do. But you also spend, I don't know how much time you spend in building this or <laughs> spent building this, but any time on, I'm on Facebook, Rodney <clears throat> Smith right up on the top. Do you sleep? That's the question. Yes and no. Um, I put a lot into this. Uh, we're not going to tell my boss who's actually in the club that we're doing this 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 podcast in no it's his work day yeah, no 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 it's saturday like, yeah this is like nine o'clock at night right yeah so um i put a lot of time into this <laughs> they're good at lighting very um, good uh i put a lot of time into this you know um I, I treat it as if it's something that i am utilizing for my future and we we invest so much and get so little in return and, and we're not looking for anything we're not looking at any type of monetary gain from this we're doing this because we love it and it's got to a point now where it almost consumes everything because in order to keep the community the way it is we have to continue to do things for the club if we get behind just on inboxes alone that can stack up i mean i, I kid you not i probably get about 50 to 75 new messages every single day that's just inbox not not text messages and I mean updates and then having to deal with admin stuff and you know work uh, barrel picks and uh, stuff for you know unallocated then business in bourbon then my regular job family I mean it's a lot of time that I put into it man you're going to start to have to find some people to allocate some of those responsibilities to. and that's why I have an admin team there, see there you go you have yeah. a phenomenal admin team but yeah. you aren't looking to get anything out of it monetarily wise now but you need to start making some money off of this thing. So I, I, I necessarily don't want to make money off of the members. That's why I decided mm -hmm. to do a side hustle, which is now business in bourbon. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to also provide, you know, some really good bourbon and opportunity for our members, which we now have, which what's called unallocated. So, you know, that will provide, you know, some 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 monetary gain business and bourbon will turn into something big because i know it will i just don't put my name into something that's not going to be excellent and just um uh my background alone you know like the stuff that i've overcame the place where i came from and to be where i am now with no education all sheer desire to to be successful like there's no way that it's not going to be successful no way let's back up a little bit you said you said no education. I know Oklahoma University and no education is basically the same thing, but <laughs> I had to. But let's back up. Where where were you? What what are some of those hurdles that you were faced that you had to figure it out yourself? So let me clarify when you said Oklahoma is no education. So I am from Oklahoma. I did not attend OU. Oh, okay. So we we are just diehard fans. It's either OSU or OU. I'm on the OU side. Um I got kicked out of high school in the ninth grade. I had to get my GED at 15. And I was held back twice at that point. I was bad. I was bad. I was a bad kid, yeah. I had no clue. Yeah. No clue. I mean, but that, most millionaires, most geniuses, they don't finish high school. They don't go to college, the ADHD. It just, that was then. This is now. Yeah. You know, and you learn from that behavior. It actually makes you grind harder. Yeah, because you have no choice but to get it. Because if you're out there on your own, you have things to do. You have to succeed. The mindset is totally different in that type of survival mode than if. And I'm not dissing, you know, going to college and everything like that. Nothing wrong with that. But it's just that 
depending on your background, you go into life with a different mindset. Some develop it early, some get it later. But we all, the, the, common, the commonality of this whole thing is we all have a grind and we have a tunnel vision type mm -hmm. focus. So totally, totally get it. You have a corner left in there, sir. My bad. That is very expensive. To drink. That is very <laughs> so how do you, what is the biggest, what would you say your longest, your uh, bridge that you had to pass coming from ninth grade, getting kicked out, being held off twice, getting your GED to now you have a phenomenal day job, something that is fulfilling and very professional and top notch but also starting this, what is something that you've, what's a landmine you've stepped on that you think others haven't? The ability to never give up. Um, I always knew that I was going to be successful. I just didn't know how it was. And I mean, I don't know if that's something that everybody feels, but you know, when you're looking at life through your lens, I mean, through your lens, you look at it like, okay, I'm the chosen one, you know, like I see everything and nobody else. See. You think the world stops whenever there, you know, no one's around you. So I, I've always, you know, knew that I, I was supposed to be on this earth to do something, whether I, I was extremely short growing up and I just thought I was going to be in the NBA. You know, I played basketball every day and that didn't happen. Um, and uh, I was like, you know what, I got to figure out this thing that's called life, man. You know, I used to drive around neighborhoods out in Oklahoma City and where I was where I was uh, growing up at North Highland. It's a it's a it's a gang affiliated area, and a lot of people don't know that Oklahoma City has a lot of gang activity. And the reason for that is because McAllister, which is the third largest uh, federal penitentiary uh, in the U.S., a lot of those inmates from you know San Quentin and and anywhere in California, they transfer them over there to the maximum security penitentiary because it's extremely large. When it gets over flooded, they send them there. So back in the 70s, when they released all those uh, inmates, they, you know, those guys were poor. They didn't have no money to get back to California. So they stayed in Oklahoma and brought all the, a lot of the gangs there. And in this, like right across the railroad tracks in Oklahoma City was this neighborhood called Nichols Hills. And I mean, it's pretty much like Highland Park. And I mean, you can like hit a golf ball right to it. So I used to drive through those neighborhoods, man, and like, good Lord, man, what do these people do? You know, and, and that right there was the first form of motivation. I was like, man, I, I, I have to live in a house like that. And it went from, you know, seeing it every day to saying, you know what, man, I just want more. You know, I've been, you know, through some crazy stuff. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, I put my, she was my girlfriend at the time, through a lot of crazy stuff, you know, binding me out of jail for stupid things, man, and just getting me out of trouble. And um, uh, I just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I got to flip the switch and I got to do something different. You know, uh, I got introduced to the Lord and that right there was what the, that was the transition to start my life over. Then I start reading, you know, I, I, I love to read, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I tried to figure out how to educate myself and start reading different books. I've always had the personality where I can be a chameleon to anybody. I can go to the Mexican neighborhoods and get along with them. Black folks, I can hang with the best of them. You know, I come from there. You know, I, I never knew how to interact with white people growing up. Never did. I swear to you, I didn't, man. I mean, and and it was because I felt like my energy back then didn't attract them. I, I had a, you know, a stigma or, you know, a perspective that they saw that was different that I just didn't understand. And once I got brought into Dale, it changed my life, changed my life. I understood how to, you know, deal with things in the corporate world. And I said, I'm just going to be the best at this technology thing. Wow. And now I'm here. But that is true. Some people don't get it. I had to go to the army to understand how to interact with other 
backgrounds and races and all that because if you grow up in Omaha where we're from North Omaha all I mean we had integrated schools but my first you know you know the first time I got sent out to an integrated school way out west the teacher was totally like all the black students sat on one side of the class the white students sat on the other we had to go to lunch I mean it was it was bad. It was bad. My grandmother went out there, and I didn't know she had a thirty-eight in her purse. But put it like this: I didn't go to that school after that first parent-teacher conference because mm, Gra- Grams had the thirty-eight, and she wasn't playing. But we, we probably had fifteen white people in our whole school. No, wow. Yeah, no, yeah. We, we were a little bit more than that. But going to the military, and like you said, when you're in the, and that's the whole thing. Doesn't matter what color you are. Doesn't matter what background. We all won. And you start to learn, and it actually becomes interesting because now you open your mind to cultural differences mm-hmm. to educate yourself. You know, then now we get to a point now where we are. Skin color means nothing to me. It's about the person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, because you got people, no matter what color you are, they'd be like, I would never in my life sit in a room with that person. Or that is the person that I need to get next to to learn something. Yeah. And where we grew up, too, was the way that city, the city of Omaha is split up. It segregated. is it's segregated. You really have. Bad. You, you could draw the line down the middle of the city, all white, then you cut that other half in half. The south is, Mexican. is Hispanic, Mexican. Mm-hmm. The, the north side's black side. And, where yeah. and now they're regentrifying it, so it's all jumbled up now, mm-hmm. now pretty much. But I think it's a cool thing to watch that come actually start happening. And you see a lot of kids who are growing up, because even for me, I was, I was even though Pops was from Benson, he's he was right from, from the hood. So we had connection just because of, of who he was with. Mm-hmm. But now I get to see my daughter be in class with everyone. everybody. She knows no difference. And I see that because we are a little bit older and we grew up in a different, a little bit different time. Your community at someone say whiskey and our community that we live in diverse, it's diverse, super it diverse brings people together. Yeah, it really does. And that's what it's about, man. It's not supposed to be about color. You know, I know that we're living in the real world and things have happened. Uh, I'm not one to dwell on the past. What happened in the past is in the past. Um, I try to think about the now and I don't worry about, you know, the possibilities of what could be because at the, if you get to thinking about stuff like that too much it consumes you. So what I try to do is think about positivity and then how I can relate with everyone else. And the way that I do that is just through sheer relevancy, you know, utilizing social networking, or I'm sorry, social engineering, a little bit of psychology and blue ocean strategy. And I use that with every form of relationship that I have. You know, people talk about, you know, it's not about what you know, but it's about who you know. And that that is true. You know, just like they say, you know, knowledge is power. And I mean, like, yes and no. Knowledge is not power. Like applied knowledge is power. Mm. Who, you know, does make a difference. But I can say I went to school with Blake Griffin and he probably never, you know, I knew him. But he like, what does that mean? Like, could Blake Griffin come to an event for you and speak? Like, do you know him like that? Um, and, and when you talk about like knowing people, especially people that have the ability to change your life or put you in positions to do better, you know, like it, it's kind of like a scratch my back, scratch your back type of deal. And I've learned how to scratch backs, you know what I mean? And, 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 and in return, you know, they scratch mine and introduced me into a lot of cool people. And, you know, it, it's, it's, to me, it's mind blowing of like what, what has happened in my life in the last two and a half, three years, I would have never imagined. And it's, it's crazy. You know, it brought me to you guys. And also doing some cool things, you know, I mean, even last night, you know, we, we shot a promo video for um, Business and Bourbon and I had my man Tony Hills and also Jay Scott up there. You know, Tony Hills brought his Super Bowl ring and then also his Vin, uh, replica of the Vince Lombardi trophy. 
and people were just losing their minds. They're like, oh my God, Rocky, you're like the greatest thing. I'm just like, man, like, I cannot believe I'm sitting here in, in a room like this filled with these type of people. And like four years ago, I was trying to figure out what I'm going to do, you know, like how I'm going to do it. So what was that, that time? <clears throat> was it a moment where you jumped in and said, was there this dark room, single light moment where you're going, something's spinning, something's out of balance. I need something in my life. And there was that break point or was it a very natural and organic growth coming from where you were four years ago to where you are today? It was kind of like organic. I mean, it's never really sat in a place where it was dark because I've always had something going on. I mean, from, you know, I was never financially just in a bad, bad place because I've always been like in the black community, we call it like the hustlers mentality. I've always felt like I don't want to be the person that's broke. I don't want to have to be, you know, wearing clothes that doesn't fulfill the lifestyle that I, you know, that, that I, that I want to have. And, and I was very materialistic back in the day, but I trans I, like, I utilized that to go achieve the things that I want. I've always thinking of like, how can I do better? How can I do better? How can I do better? One thing doesn't work. I'll figure out something else. And, uh, it, it, it was really to a point to, um, um, where something happened. I'm not gonna go into detail. Oh, but feel free. <laughs> something happened, you know, where, um, uh, well, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, you know, my boy, Randy always talks about bourbon, real talk. We're drinking bourbon. So I'll keep it real talk. Um, statutes I was, of limitations. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Unfiltered. <laughs> So uh, I, I was making like those little boxes that you see there. You've actually etched a few of them. And uh, uh, TABC reached out to me and I was making, you know, some decent money. And then it stopped. They told me to stop making them. And the Department of Treasury reached out and it was like, you need to stop making them. And that was probably like one of the scariest moments of my life. I mean, when you get a depart, I mean, a letter from the Department of Treasury, the TTB, and they're telling you, you know, they got these long words with links and telling you all these violations you uh uh broken and the fines that are associated with you and i'm reading i'm like am i going to jail like i didn't beat all odds to later on in life get taken to jail for making some whiskey boxes uh -huh. and real white collar shit. yeah <laughs> so that right there when i when i had to stop that it was like okay i need to be able to you know fill in the blank with 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 something that i can do that's gonna put me at that level, but you know, from a legal standpoint, and and, and um, business in bourbon came to mind. We already had unallocated in the works, and now we're working on a marketing company. There's actually some other few things that are gonna spin off from that as well, and it's just always thinking about the next best thing. And that was my challenge because what you said a few moments ago is I live in the present, mm -hmm. but I, I don't I don't believe you. I think you live at peace with the present, mm -hmm. but I, there's nothing about Rodney Smith that I've seen that says I'm thinking about what's happening right now. It's always more forward, forward I, thinking. Would you agree with that? Or would, yeah. what do you think? So when I say I live in the present, not in terms of like planning for the future, when I was referring to living in the present, I was referring to, you know, just, just from, you know, our people, our community, we, we, we have this personality. It's like, you know, like we're mad at the world, you know, not a lot of us, but you know, some of us, we have that we're mad at the world. And I have a lot of friends that, you know, that was like, you know, I'm not going out and go working for the man and doing this and that, you know, like you're a sellout if you go do this and, you know, forget that. I want, you know, they necessarily ain't saying I want my 40 acres and a mule, but at the end of the day, you know, like it, it's, that's the mentality that, that, we're mad, you know, and we don't want to conform to a way that's outside of, you know, our, our area. So, 
I don't I, I don't blame anybody for anything that happened back in the day, you know, for slave masters and people that did things to black like that's in the past. Like am I, if I dwell on that too hard, it's going to consume my life. So I just live in the right now for this format. Like as far as what do I see? You know, like I have a lot of white friends and none of them actually have ever disrespected me. They, they treat me just as nice as my mom, as, as any other family. So I think it's the energy that you give out and uh, the energy that I give out is love. And that's what I get back in return from every single body, every single person. So I live in the, in the, the loving now, if that makes sense. If what that is, makes sense. What is your foreseeable, okay, do you already have a vision board plan for where you want somewhere to say whiskey to go? Like, it's, I, I don't think this thing will ever plateau, but it's got to, I mean, what do you want to do next with SSW? That's that's a that's a popular question that I see you guys ask on the Go Local podcast. Yeah, because we want to know what's going on. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I, I'm gonna give you one of those Jeff Cheney answers, man. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I thought I was moving to Dallas to create a mobile application, and that didn't happen. I am like now, you know, formulated into whiskey. I didn't think someone say whiskey would be where it is now. So I, I kind of like just go with the wind. I, I allow that to take me where it's on, wherever its trajectory is. And I utilize that the best way I possi possibly can to benefit from it. So I, I don't I, like, I, I could say, you know what? I want someone say whiskey to be this. And then I may have an opportunity next week that may change that whole thought process. And actually that's the right answer. Mm -hmm. That is the correct answer because even with us, we don't know, what what if, if you just keep putting gas in the car, change the oil, make sure the timing belt don't pop on you and just keep going, you're eventually it's not like the analogy where they said you can't take a cruise ship and let it off without a captain and let it go. It's going to crash eventually, whatever. But when you come to this, the things that entrepreneurs do, mm -hmm. they evolve and they change constantly based on the environment and the way the world is. So actually, I don't think there is an answer to that. But in the podcast. Rule book, I have to ask it. Um, <laughs> but just, it's all like Bruce Lee says, flow like water. Mm -hmm. Dude, ask Blockbuster. They had a plan and it didn't work. And they were like dominant back in the, mm -hmm. what, 80s and 90s? What goes up must come down. They were not willing to adapt to change. Netflix took over the market and Blockbuster is no longer. When well, we were in radio, we used to have meetings and they used to literally die laughing what they're going to charge people to listen to music Psh, that'll never work free radio rule are we on the air nah y'all gone because <laughs> Sirius XM and now Spotify and Tidal and people are paying for it has blown regular terrestrial radio out the water you know to me the most surprising thing that I've picked up especially in in the few the few podcasts that we've done is I always expected that you call it you call it street hustle, white people call it entrepreneurs. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> those people who are successful, I always thought they just run their plan and they're very regimented and very disciplined in their plan. And maybe there's a lot of those people, maybe the Goggins of the world, maybe there are more of those types of 4 a.m. I'm doing this, I know exactly, but it seems like the more reality-based people who are trendsetters and, and wake creators are able to one not only adapt and move with the time 
which I think is necessary once you start seeing the numbers move. That's very easy. Okay, I see it on the paper. I'm changing plan. But to be able to step back and identify that there's a change occurring before it actually happens, that's the biggest surprise to me is just get get your hands off the wheel for a second. And let so it you have to. What has that done for you? Because you're super mega. I'm going to make a plan and I'm going to stick to it come hella high water and I ain't changing shit. It's making me re reevaluate ah. what I'm doing because if you look at this book, it is the Holy Bible of this is what I do. I read my now goal orientation still allows me there, but yes, super regimented with what I do yeah. partially because I need to from a timing perspective, but you're exactly right. That is, that's what's hitting me in this moment right now is, Oh, that wasn't just Cheney who has a great team below him that can help hold him while he decides to make changes. You have a great team with you mm -hmm. running at your side. Oh, yeah. But you are still able to see that and, and ebb and flow with it. Man, you, I'm, a, I'm a huge thinker. I mean, I can drive around in the car and listen to no music. I take like hour long showers. I'm in the bathroom. My wife hates it. She's like, that's your second office. I'm in there for like hours sometimes because I, I just need time to think, you know, in the shower, the car, in the toilet. <laughs> like that is my time to do all of that. You know, even though I'm not, I, I am I am organized, but I don't do a lot of planning because I've noticed that planning always gets disrupted. And um, I, th I, don't, I don't think it's a right way or a wrong way to do it, whether you're super organized, detailed, and wanna know what the future is. There is nothing wrong with saying ABC equals DEF every single time versus trying to figure it out. I think you just have to do what works best for you. And, and that's one thing that I try to get people to understand. Everybody doesn't do it the way you do it. Yeah. You can't expect it. Me, I have to warm up. If I'm creating something, if I, okay, I bang it out and rush it. It's going to look like dog shit. But if you let me take my time to get to it and let me get into to my groove, and then when I get it, now once I lock onto it, I'm great, you know, that I got it. But it's like, you, sometimes you have to warm up to something or you have to look at it. It takes me a while to analyze it, look at it because you're being such a perfectionist as you go along with it that you can write it all out on paper. And then yep. when you get to that situation, it's like the paper and the situation ain't matching. Mm -hmm. How do I adapt to it or whatever? And, and you do it. So everybody has different processes. And sometimes that's hard. If you get a group of creators that un they get it, but they don't get it because you're on a time crunch or if you have this, you have that. But as we've grown to respect everybody's process, we still get to a final thing and it's it's beautiful. It comes to be great with your, what you have here. I've seen it grown like from nothing to wow. And it seems like you have this huge master plan. We don't know that you're blindfolded with no hands on the wheel and your foot's on the gas like you do, but it works. So to me, the key of life, and this is to me, this is just my perspective, is that I treat everybody the same with love and I try to be relevant. That is my master plan. And I realize if I'm relevant to that guy right there, like I, I may not, I may not come out and say, you know what? I need something from you. But what I'll do is, is show you that I'm extremely valuable to it gets to a point to where you no longer you, like this guy cannot be out of my life. And then that creates opportunity. You know, if, if you're, if you're creating value to somebody so much value that it's it's a it's a gain for them. They'll find a way for for them to 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 stick and latch on to you, whether it's introducing you to other valuable people. And I see that that's what creates that's what creates the success that I have. And I mean that's working. And I'm just gonna take that. I know that 
I, I know that business in bourbon is really what my focus is going to be on. And, you know, I'm still going to continue to grow someone say whiskey. But now that I see something that can be extremely successful, I'm going to take that and I'm going to formulate that into a master plan. But whatever comes outside of that, I'm just going to take it as it comes. Where that comes to life in a small business perspective specifically and sales is is from a larger side of things is if we look at our relationship you have added such immense value to what we do and who we are from an ICC and a community standpoint that when we are planning and moving forward we have you in mind and two years ago what the next step for our business looked like looked a little bit different but you've changed the trajectory for our business because we know whatever we're doing, you're going to be a part of. And it creates, like you said, it creates value, but it creates lasting impact and opening and broadening those things. I know we're not the only relationship that's like that. And you can set up with these mm. groups of people. Well, maybe on the cigar side of things. but No, bro. I honestly think like there is no other business that I have a relationship like this with none other, not even liquor stores. Well, I would say likewise. Yeah. There is no relationship <laughs> because there are so few of you. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of manufacturers. We have good relationships, but I think you're right. When you find that yeah. right one, you can harvest it and it harvests itself for you because not only the one person you've been speaking with sees the value, but everyone in the organization understands the value. Mm -hmm. So, because of you as a leader and the relationship and the grace and the give back and the value you've given, it echoes not only to your own people, but it, it goes to your own people through our own people. Our staff knows to treat someone, say whiskey, just not to say we're treating someone better or worse, but they know that yep. everyone who comes in here when we ring their name up, SSW, oh, Okay, you're SSW. Mm -hmm. I got you. <laughs> so it's it's a different thing because of your relationship, yeah. because of our relationship. And I think that echoes whether you have a consulting business or a dry cleaning business or a fill in the blank. Yeah. Those real deep relationships, you have to plant the seed. This world is built off relationships, man. It is. And I mean, it. if you don't have strong relationships in this world, you're not going to make it far. I mean, it's like the, the insurance sales rep who wants to go in and start up a business. If you don't have anybody to sell to, you are going to be in trouble. And they've done that car sales. Oh, yeah. Yikes. Um, so now for everybody that has not already been infatuated with the SSW community, where can they find you at? Is it just Facebook? Is there a website yet? Is social media? Where? <laughs> tell us Tell us all the details. Man, we, we're getting a website built as we speak now. Shouts out to Will Bingston, who's creating that for us, man. It is dope. Super dope. And uh, I just took a glance at it. I have a few things I need to write in the About Us section. Mm -hmm. It'll be live hopefully next week. But you can also find us on Someone Say Whiskey on Facebook. You can also search for us on Instagram. We are there. Um, if you're going to follow that, follow as well, unallocated underscore spirits on Instagram as well, too, because you'll be able to see some information about that. We're, we're just now learning this, this marketing stuff, you know, like social media and all this. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... I, I manage a lot uh, of that. So uh, at some point, we're probably going to have to hire somebody, man, because I don't have enough time in the in the day to do all this stuff, you know? If only you knew somebody. So this guy's expensive. <laughs> 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 but he does great quality work. At some point, I'm going to be able to hire you. You know, like that's 
that's my dream dude when i saw that secretariat video i have literally watched that maybe four thousand times it was funny we were supposed to do this promo video for this new blend that's coming out and we had this big plan we had plans mm -hmm. had this huge plan we were going to do all the someone say whiskey members and we were going to do all this stuff we had a barn and a horse stable and everything and then snowvid hit um so and, and then after it hit everything was muddy water everywhere just like i don't know so we had to come me and brandon had to sit down and think of what else can we do so we came up with that brandon like so we had an idea and then brandon seen something and he's like what if we do this and i was like yo that's dope so what if we do this with that what you do and then we start just going back and forth so i hit him up and i said hey man y'all ain't got to show up for the commercial we good we don't need you and he was like what hold on we're not going to be in the promo i said nope got something dope <laughs> And yeah, actually, like, I, I don't think I said, hold on, we're not. Well, it was just, you was like, you don't need us? I was like, nope. I actually don't even think I said that. I think I was like, okay, because I know you. I know how your brain works, and I know how your brain works. I put a lot of trust in you. I'm like, this must be about to be. And I said, I said, I said, I said <laughs> it's going it's to blow your brain box out when we get done with it. And then we did it, got it, done it, and it's Put, cool. put the link in this bio, will you please? Man, y'all are like some of the most talented people I think I've ever seen in my life, man. I mean, just dead serious. And at some point, like, I want to be a client of y'all's. And it's going to happen. It's it's most certainly going to happen. And I really hope it happens on a, on a number of fronts. But this unallocated, yeah, that is next level. Yeah. We need to do it a is. lot of production right here. Mm -hmm. Just saying, because... Ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So I think with that, make sure you you follow someone say whiskey, unallocated spirits. Go. What else should they follow? We're getting business in bourbon up and up and running. So in about three weeks, go follow that. Yeah. And right now we're sitting at the middle of March ish, 2021. Mm -hmm. So if you're watching it a few weeks from now, two weeks from now. Go follow it. We have our first event, April 17th. I'm excited. 2021. We, we got to timestamp this. Oh, yeah, this 2021. Yeah, for real. Well, uh, Sir Dopeness, Sir Dope a lot. I'm surprised you only said dope a couple times. That's an issue. I know, right? The next one, it will be 53. 53. Thank you so much. Thank you for opening up these insanely rare awesome bottles of whiskey with us it's a, it's a true pleasure nothing for the best yeah man this wow hold on let me get my corner yeah with that salute <laughs>